It wasn't recording. <laughs> okay, one, one, two, three. So, how was your day? It was good. How'd you do? <laughs> um, I mentioned in the previous podcast that um, I'm working with a physical trainer. So she came over, which she's also like a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. She came over this morning and we worked out, and my shoulders. So how was your day? It was good. What'd you do? <laughs> um, I mentioned in the previous podcast that um, I'm working with a physical trainer. So she came over, which she's also like a good friend of mine. Mm-hmm. She came over this morning and we worked out and my shoulders are throbbing. Mm-hmm. Like my upper back. I'm so swole. That's why. It's all these gains. <laughs> um, and then... I instantly crawled into bed and fell asleep <laughs> for way too long, and um, now we're here. <laughs> Many <day>. hours later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I worked all day at the med spa. It was fine. I had like five clients. Nice. Yeah. Good A lot of microderms. Mm. I had really great extractions today. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I loved it. Have you ever had the kind of blackheads that you can pull out with tweezers that pull out, like, a full... It looks like a hair fall, like, a whole... Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I have not yet had the pleasure. It's Arnie. fantastic. I recently had a male back wax. Oh, how'd that go? Uh, really good. Um, he handled it really well. Good. Was it his first? No. Okay. Um, but... He was like, I have this spot on my back. And I instantly went to, like, this very large blackhead on his back. And that wasn't what he was talking about. And I was like, oh, here? And he's like, no. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Because he was like, you might need to get that. And I was like, this is a back wax, not a back facial, you know. And then I noticed that there was, like, he had an ingrown um, going on, yeah. but it was it was too um, inflamed. Mm-hmm. But I definitely pointed out a couple of blackheads that were like In- money makers. Did you get them or no? No, mm-hmm. I didn't want to just be like, "Can I get this blackhead <laughs> back of your back, back of your back? Yeah, back there." <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still regretting that. I'll probably regret that until my final days. <laughs> well, maybe he'll come back to you. I hope for so. For a back facial. Ooh. Yes, hopefully. Because I could definitely take pictures of that and that'd be... Yeah, or a video of the Ooh, extraction. Yeah. Oh, my mouth is watering. Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh creepy skin stuff. Pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> some people are into it. Yeah. Some people aren't. So, I got my eyebrows touched up. They look good. Final touch. So, they, will they fade more than this? A little bit. Okay. Uh, but not too much more. The real purpose behind it is just to make sure that any strokes that were shortened mm-hmm. 
are back to the length that they were originally stroked into. And then um, just like a reassurance of color. Mm -hmm. But my husband said I looked pretty four days in a row. Ooh. So there's that. So nice. Watch out, world. I'm pretty. (laughs) (laughs) So like you all have heard, and I've told Sarah, I was on that ZO regimen for Mm. 15 weeks total. Wow. My final thoughts about it, it's not for me. Ooh. Which is surprising, because initially I was gung-ho. And I was like, this is the best thing on the face of the planet. I'm going to use this forever. Everyone should use this. And now that my skin went through the reactive phase, the calming, and is now, like, kind of stabilized, I think my skin is a lot more oily on these products. Really? Mm-hmm. And I know every product has their downfall, but there are a lot of fragrances in them. Given their essential oil, like the, I know one of them has a lot of citrus, lemon, orange peel, uh, tangerine, things like that. And that's one you're currently using. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I feel like my skin may not like that very much. Hmm. I'm, it could be other things, too. And I'm not saying it's a bad line or nobody should be on it or whatever. I'm still going to advocate for them and use it in the med spa. But for my skin, I gave it the full full 15 weeks, and I think I'm going to retire. Oh. But... Do you think that your oiliness has stayed consistent, or do you think that it's progressed? I think it's progressed. I think it's gotten worse. Really? hmm Do you think maybe... No. Never mind. I retract that statement. I was going to say because of the weather change, but it's not warmer, so you can't necessarily say that the natural right. oils in your face have solidified. Right. Natural oils in my face have liquefied liquefied yeah there we go um words no i can't can't say that if anything i started in the summer and used it into the winter Mm. then yeah then i would agree but Mm. i mean your skin looks good like what you showed me your target areas were Mm -hmm. i don't even see that anymore the hyperpigmentation a few peels in there too I did the big one, and then I've done little, like, level two peels here and there. Oh. hmm Okay. I thought, so for your, um, your big peel, wasn't the recovery supposed to be, like, six weeks? That you would see changes within six weeks? Is that what she said? I don't remember. Maybe. It's I thought been she, three. Okay, I thought she said there was going to be elongated, down not downtime but um, progress. Yeah, period. yeah. Oh, well, maybe she did, and I forgot that. Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, I still love the products, and I really do wish they would jive with my skin. But we also use PCA, and so now I'm going to use that for fifteen weeks. Mm-hmm. Probably starting February, because I want to work through the products I have. Right, of I'm course. not just going to, like, drop it and throw all these products away. That, by no means, is the way to do it. But um, I'll do that one for 15 weeks and then kind of reassess and see. Maybe there's going to be certain products from different lines that I like. 
typically lines do work better when you use the whole regimen together. Yeah. Um, and both have my philosophy of retinol in the night and vitamin C in the morning. So either way, I, I can do that. But I am going to give myself um, that 15 weeks with PCA. Just to see. I'm excited. Yeah. Although it's 15 weeks. It's a long time. So, ladies and gentlemen, 15 weeks from now. (laughs) (laughs) Plus a month. Yeah. Okay. So we'll have pictures for everybody, I imagine. Yeah. I do have pictures from when I started the ZO. So I should take a or post that and take a picture. You should put it on the podcast. Yeah. Website. Not website. Um, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will do that. And then my last, uh, what is that called? Rule of business? No, that's wrong. Rule? Rule of business? Mm-hmm. Is that the same? Rule of business would be like, in regards to, like, a meeting, I imagine. Oh. Right? Oh, no. The last thing I have to say. <laughs> I had a, Pre-notes. <laughs> I had a client today ask me about Cetaphil cleansers. And Sarah and I have kind of talked behind the scenes about going from professional products to drugstore and how in school drugstore was made to be the devil. The enemy. And... I don't necessarily see it that way. There's definitely going to be some that are better than others um, as far as potency goes. But I was asked specifically by Diana. Hey, Diana. Diana. Um, what Cetaphil cleanser. And of the three that I know of, the foaming cleanser is okay. I wouldn't necessarily endorse it or say go out and buy it. It's great. But of the three, it's okay. It has a... Panthenol, which is anti-inflammatory and it's moisturizing, mm. and it's fragrance-free. Ooh, good. Yeah, so it's not going to damage your skin. It'll clean your skin. The anti-inflammatories are great. And moisturizing, so it's not going to be awful. It's not going to ruin your skin by any means. It's Definitely better than the other two. It's basic, but it's doing something. Yeah. Definitely. Good. And then the other two have a different array of fragrances and drying ingredients and things like that. So of the three, the foaming cleanser. I told her I would shout it out on the podcast. Diana. So that's my recommendation. Cool. And now on to business. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Hmm. No. I think we covered preliminaries. I'm ready. I am so excited. So I just want everyone to know that Jenna has put in the elbow grease for this episode. Reddit has traumatized us <laughs> so much that no one... Okay, not no one. But Jenna's on point. She's ready. She's pumped. Her adrenaline is going. Smile is bright. She's terrified. Action! <laughs> <laughs> Before I get started, real quick, one time, my brother was trying to clean his football helmet, and my dad was like, you guys just gotta put some elbow grease on it. (laughs) (laughs) Me and my brother went outside to the garage where all the cleaning products were. 
with like WD-40 and oh, no. And we're like, what? what the heck is that one? <laughs> and we were looking That's for That's so cute. <laughs> Needless to say, we never found it and his helmet never got cleaned. And he stinks. <laughs> Poor thing. Okay. Anyway, I think I was like way too old that I want to admit. Okay. <laughs> so, SPF. Should we wear it daily? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. The end. <laughs> okay. Please SPF. Don't. So, should we wear it daily? Yeah. Obviously. There's a few different reasons. Um, the harmful UV rays cause, causes brown spots, sun damage, premature aging, Mm. all of the above. Um, wearing it daily helps you stay young. So why wouldn't you wear it? Hmm. I could not possibly think of a reason. Um, so there's two different kinds. There's a chemical and a physical. So the chemical is an organic sunscreen. And with it being organic, that just means that it contains carbon. And then a physical, which is an inorganic, um, contains ionic compounds. So what does that mean? An inorganic sunscreen is going to have either zinc oxide or titanium dioxide or both. And an organic sunscreen is going to be everything else. So this one kind of like threw me for a loop because you Mm. think chemical, chemical is not organic. But it is when it comes to science, because it contains carbon. Okay, so from the sun, there's two different rays. There's a UVA and a UVB. UVA is going to be the aging ray, and UVB is going to be the burning rays. So the UVA is going to penetrate your skin deeper than the UVB. What is UVA protection? We in the U.S., so sorry for everyone not listening in the U.S., are, we only have three ingredients that are approved for UVA-1 protection. And so it's technically three, but really only two because one of them I'll talk about. Yeah, by L'Oreal. So the first two are zinc oxide and avobenzone. In every single sunscreen you own, it should have either of those ingredients, if not both. Both would be like all of the protection you could possibly have. But one or the other suffices. So the zinc oxide would be in your inorganic sunscreens or your physical. Um, It provides both UVA and B protection, which is nice. And the bigger the molecule, the bigger the the more protection. Mm -hmm. And that's where we get that white cast from. So have you ever put on a sunscreen and your face is like ghostly after? Totally. So the bigger the molecule the more protection. You remember the movies where, in like in the 80s, they would always have the white cast over the nose? Yeah, surfers or everyone. Um, I just remember the pool safety people. Lifeguards. Mm, lifeguards. Yes. I don't swim, so excuse me. <laughs> I was a lifeguard for three years. You're the coolest person I know. You're just like, here, pocket here. snacks of information. Come here, kids. <laughs> yeah, come here, kids. I got some information for you. Um, no, it was. But that, so that white cast is called zinc. Like, just pure zinc. Just. And um, the company makes it in a lot of colors. So growing up surfing, I would, or just like going to the beach or whatever, 
I had different colors of it. You're so cool. It was really not cool. <laughs> that we'd be running around with a blue face. <laughs> and I was like in high school with my friend Jasmine thinking we were cool. Uh, we were not. I'm still not. <laughs> uh, so the second one is going to be the avobenzone. And that's going to be found primarily in your organic sunscreens. And that's going to protect against UVA 1 and 2. It's not stable, so it does need to be applied more often because it absorbs and degrades. But, cool enough, L'Oreal and Neutrogena both have put in a ton of science to stabilize this molecule. Nice. Yeah. So, not saying if you're wearing a L'Oreal or Neutrogena sunscreen you don't need to reapply as much. You definitely do. Totally. But the protection is a little bit more stable, which... It's consistent. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. And then... So then the one that is patented by L'Oreal is Mixoral Excess. And they created it, and it's FDA-approved, but it's not in many of their products because the FDA makes them jump through a ton of hoops to get it into a product. And I don't know why they do that. It's a bummer. Yeah. Um... But the FDA is there for our protection. So the fact that they're making people jump through so many hoops, I would hope they're doing that with all of the chemicals. And that makes me feel a little bit better. Yeah. Do you disagree? I don't disagree. I just think that... I mean, I don't know. I don't really know, like, the logistics of it all, but... If it's working, if it's doing something that many other companies aren't doing and it's keeping us safe, then what is the reasoning behind making them jump through so many hoops? Because there's no other company that is protecting us from UVA 1 and 2. Like, that's not like they're... Evobenzone does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Never mind. So this one is just another form of UVA protection. So any other company could be using the avobenzone or the zinc oxide, but they created this third option. Hmm. Well, then would they share it with other companies if FDA wasn't so harsh on them? You know? I don't think so, because maybe it would be something that would put them above the rest. We yeah. could see that. We have something Like special. a mo- monopolize. Yeah. And it could just be because of the way it reacts to other chemicals in their other sunscreens. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like certain formulations are approved with it because it can hold its own, but maybe with another one it would be like canceled out or whatever. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. But there's your UVA protection. Everything else is UVB, so the burning rays. Sarah, when we were in school, Mm. what were we told about sunscreens and them being physical versus, what's the other one? Physical and chemical. Yeah. Oh, you're putting me on the spot. I was under the impression that mineral is best and no one should even wear a chemical ever. Did you get that same impression or no? I was under the impression that you should wear inorganic. Mm -hmm. So physical. 
Right. And nothing else because... Right. ...of the reaction within the skin. Right. Um, that being that we were taught in school, and I don't necessarily believe this anymore, that with physical sunscreens, the rays hit our skin and reflect off and aren't able to penetrate. Right. That's how I remember it. mm -hmm. Not penetrate at all. Right. Or at least that's how it was portrayed. Mm -hmm. And I'll go into that in a little bit. Um, And that physical or chemical sunscreens needed the heat of the skin or the sun to, in turn, protect us. So if you're raising the temperature of the skin, it can cause hyperpigmentation Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So... Getting into this a little bit, there's only a 5% difference in that bounce back almost. So the rays for both of the types of sunscreens are going to penetrate your skin. Primarily, I would say because the physical sunscreen or any sunscreen that we put on, we don't put it on like they do in the lab. So when they're testing it, they use it on a human, but on their back and someone else is applying it. And so, you don't know how much they're putting on your back. And this is how they um, test for SPF, like how they regulate that. I was watching um, Dr. Dre on YouTube, and she's a uh, cosmetologist. Or no, cosmetologist, that's funny. She's a dermatologist. (laughs) And she was saying that the amount of sunscreen that the average person puts on their face we're not getting the full, like, say, 45 SPF, we're not getting that full. Just because we're not applying enough, which Right, and if you're applying silly. it... Yeah, if you're applying it on your back, you don't necessarily care that there's a white cast. Right. So if we apply it to our face and we don't want that white cast, we're applying a thinner layer, therefore allowing sun to penetrate our skin. So it's not necessarily just, like, reflecting off and we're not getting any damage whatsoever we're getting just as much damage if not more than we would be getting with the chemical because the chemical doesn't have that white cast so we're going to lather it on typically a little bit heavier thicker protecting us more and it has nothing to do with the formulation of the science it's just like as humans we don't want to walk application yeah with that super white cast so I've kind of turned my attention to more chemical sunscreens. I would rather be putting on enough and reapplying a couple times a day and getting that full protection than not putting on enough to avoid a white cast. So if I was to reapply my SPF, how many times a day do you think? If you're in the sun midsummer, they say every two hours. Okay. I spent, today I spent most of my day indoors. I applied once because I am by a window, and I left for lunch. Hmm. Yeah, because the molecules eventually just break down, and they're not active anymore. Right. So reapplying is definitely necessary. So let's talk about the amount of SPF in a product. And I want to go back and change my statement because in... One of our previous episodes, I said that anything above 45 or 30, I don't remember what I said, 
It was marketing. 30? Did I say I've said that also. Yeah, it's not true. And it's something that we learned that we have now looked at the science behind and kind of broadened our horizons. Definitely. And don't think that's true anymore. And I'm glad that we've learned this recently because now we can share information that is more like up to date and current, but also like changing the way of what people previously thought. Right. Which is cool. Yeah. I wanted to be clear that when I said I'm leaning more towards chemical, it's not that I'm against mineral. Of course. It's that at first I was 100% mineral and now I'm more like 50-50. Mm. There's pros and cons to each. Right. And I am white, so having <gasps> a sunscreen, <laughs> having a sunscreen uh, that's mineral that does have a little bit of a white cast usually just blends into my skin anyway so you can't see it. I could time. see that. I could see that happening. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Call me Casper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so anyway, back to the coverages of SPF. So when you apply an SPF of 15, you're getting a 93.3% of coverage. SPF 30 is 96.7 and SPF 50 is 98. So initially we thought that, oh, it's only like 1.2% difference, but they're charging us, you know. Four or five dollars more. Yeah. That's not worth it. Plus. They're, it's marketing. They just want our money for like not much better protection. But I wasn't looking at the reverse side of that, which means the 1.2% of light that's being let into my skin. Mm-hmm. So essentially, without that 1.2%, I am burning 1.2% faster, or 1.5% faster, depending. Yeah. And then also depending on how you apply versus how they apply in the lab. Mm-hmm. So then it's even more than what you probably originally assumed. Yeah. Wow. So, the higher the SPF, I do now believe the better protection. And I have a scientific study to prove, so... Actually, I actually have two of them. Um, but before I get there, there's a group of sunscreen scientists published that published a letter in JMA, Dermatology, that I quote... Uh, Media and health professionals often incorrectly state that SPFs beyond 30 only offer minor improvements in sun protection. So even this board of scientists is like, everyone, stop. (laughs) Yeah. Stop saying that. Just because you see that small percentage of difference doesn't mean that it's not providing you a ton more coverage. Essentially. Or lack thereof. Mm-hmm. So, now into the scientific studies. I have two. <clears throat> so, this first one was done by... I don't know who it was done by, but I got it from ScienceDirect.com Journal of the American Academy of Dermatology. Volume 78, issue 5, and it was published in May of 2018, and I'll put that in the show notes. In the study, they had a group of skiers. It was, like, right under 200 skiers or snowboarders, and they covered each of their faces half with SPF 50 and half with SPF 100, and then they said, go have a fun day. 
Heavens, yes. Yeah. And so then they did, and at the end of the day, they wiped off their sunscreen, and they measured which side of the face was more sunburned. And the results were that over half, so 55.3, were more sunburned on the SPF 50 side, and only 5% on the 100 side. So about, what is that, 45, 40? 40% not seeing a difference. But still, 55% people being more burned on that. On the lesser. There were limitations with this study. It was only a one-day study. Right. It was double-blinded, which is good. So the participants did not know which side of their face was being covered by which SBF. And then the scientists that read the results didn't know which was which either. That's cool. Yeah, so a little bit more validity there. Um, I don't know what these participants were wearing, if they were wearing, like, big snow goggles, scarves, anything that would have covered their face more. Their Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick, I don't know. If the sunscreen was reapplied throughout the day, I don't know. I would assume no. But those are the limitations of the study. And like I said, that will be that study will be listed in the show notes. The second one was asking dermatologists if they essentially like sunscreen. Really? Yeah. Just as an individual. Yeah. Like as a doctor, do you prescribe it to your friends and family, your patients? Do you wear it? And ninety-seven agree that regular uh, use of sunscreen helps lower the risk of skin cancer. Ninety-seven. That's that's pretty high. Yeah. 100% agrees that the use of sunscreen reduces subsequent photo aging. And 99 recommend it to their friends and family for daily use. I want to talk to the 1% that does not recommend Right. Um, Were they sick that day? <laughs> Were they, they okay? busy? <laughs> and um, that study will also be linked in our show notes. But I got it from... JAMANetwork.com, which is JAMA Dermatology, and that one was published in 2016. There are some pros and cons. Some cons of the chemical sunscreen, which is the organic, can cause, it can cause irritation and stinging for sensitive skin, and the higher the SPF, the higher the risk of irritation, so rosacea might not respond super well. Have you ever experienced stinging from sunscreen before? No. I have. Okay. As a child. Does, did it also make your skin red and irritated, or did it just sting and go away? I don't recall, because I was such a young tut. Um, but I remember it just burning. Huh. So it didn't... I'm sure it made you not it was want probably, to put sunscreen on then. Yeah, it was probably just in, like, dry areas of skin, because I was mm. a little rambunctious child. But I do remember sunscreen hurting. Mm-hmm. So That's all I got. <laughs> I, every sunscreen that I've picked up for my little one has been a inorganic physical sunscreen. So hmm. maybe they're making kids sunscreens only with uh, zinc or titanium dioxide because of that reason. That would make sense. Yeah, because their skin's just a little bit more sensitive in general. Maybe that's why I was recommended to use kids' sunscreen on my dog. Oh, yeah. That could be, too. Also, if your pup has a pink nose 
You can apply kids sunscreen onto their nose to keep them safe from sunburn. Yeah. I think we discussed this previously. I don't know if it was on the podcast or not. I don't think it was. I think that was just a conversation we had. Yeah. Many. Yeah. Um, Another con could be that they tend to be greasier. Now, there are some with matte finish. I know growing up, I used to use the Neutrogena face sunscreen, and even though it is a chemical, I felt like it was pretty matte on my skin. I haven't looked at the ingredients now as an adult, so I'm not necessarily recommending that one right now, but I'm just saying I've used it and it was a matte finish. Um, Some pros, though, for the chemical sunscreen is a yayer. 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 A higher UVA protection, no white tint, and typically nicer texture. The mineral sunscreens are harder to move around on your face to like rub in. And then so for our physical sunscreens, we have some pros and cons too. Some cons, it does need to be reapplied, I would think a little bit more because it tends to easily rub off, sweat off, or comes off in water. Another con, like we keep saying over and over again is the white cast and it might look odd on darker skin tones and it tends to be a little bit thicker so it it can be a little bit harder to manipulate around the face. Some pros though are it's better for sensitive skin and like I mentioned earlier it deflects the heat and energy given off by the sun um, away from the skin but only by about 5% more than your chemical. And, random fact, zinc oxide and titanium dioxide are both found in white paint, and that's what gives white paint the lack of pigment. (gasps) You know what I think is funny? People will will put, and it's like such a small amount anyway, but people will look at that and be like, you're putting white paint on your face. It's (laughs) awful. I've had people tell me, like, I guess... I think it's Olaid, their uh, shampoo. Someone's like, well, the same thing that's found in floor wax is found in your shampoo. Okay, but is my hair shiny? And is my hair dead? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But is my hair dead? And yes, it is. Okay. (laughs) I learned that on my first day of college, actually. Like, your hair is legit dead. Right, yeah. And I was taking human anatomy and physiology, and she dropped two bombs on me that day. Okay. Your hair is dead, so you can't fix a split end. Like, you know how Pantene had all of their... Yeah. You know, with the pictures of the hair, like, getting back together. Uh, Not a thing. Right. And two, banana slugs. Do you know about banana slugs? (gasps) No. Oh, my God. (laughs) Listen up. (laughs) So... (laughs) Watch out, world. <laughs> Banana slugs are hermaphrodites. So that means they have both wieners and vaginas. Peepees and vajijis. Mm-hmm. And so when they hook up to have sex, is both parts, right? So they're doing it. Oh, wait. For... It's both? Yeah. For days at a time. <gasps> so they have sex for days. And then you think... Life is all fine and dandy. And then they die. Song. No, one of them has to bite the penis off the other to detach. <gasps> mm-hmm. What about the other pee pee? He goes flat. on in harmony. But the the one that gets bitten off, it, it grows back, so it's fine. 
Oh, it's fine. <laughs> oh, it's cool. It'll grow back. It's like a lizard tail, I guess. I don't know. I don't even know if lizard tails grow back. Yeah. Reddit will tell me. <gasps> oh, let us know. <laughs> Hashtag lizard tail. Uh, so, that's what I learned on my first day of college, is you cannot fix split ends and banana slugs have sex for days at a time and then bite each other's wieners off. Oh my god, you went to college. <laughs> <laughs> what college is that? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I learned. Anyway. I can't wait to go to college. <laughs> <laughs> so, when... We see that certain ingredients are found in other things in the world. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. We're not putting white paint on our faces. So the fact that the same molecule is found in both, whoop-dee-doo, is what I have to say. <laughs> well, whoop-dee-doo. That is the and nicest curse word I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm trying to make this a family-friendly affair. <laughs> Fail. I know. Especially this one. Man. So, some common myths, this will be fun, is that you need to wait for chemical or organic sunscreens to work. In actuality, they both work immediately. This blew my mind. Mm. I thought that um, physical sunscreens, you can go out in the sun right away. Chemical sunscreens, you had to wait 20 minutes. Incorrect. Comes out of the bottle, SPF, ablazing. A blazing. But what I did learn is that if you are going to put makeup on, wait eight minutes to put that makeup on because you want the chemicals in or the molecules in the sunscreen to bind together to create that full coverage layer. Mm. Another myth is that chemical sunscreens heat up the skin from within, which is bad, and we've already talked about this. Um, so chemicals, SPFs, they do do this. Do do. <laughs> What am I, 12? Do-do. Uh, they do do that. What's <laughs> wrong? It's perfect. There's nothing, nothing at all. If there uh, is, it's not that. <laughs> but they do this at such a minuscule rate that it doesn't really damage the skin, actually. And both type reflect the rays. So when you wear a sunscreen, you shine bright like a diamond. Well, I shine bright like a diamond all the time because my <laughs> skin is oily AF. <laughs> but you, my dear, yes. <laughs> uh, chemical sunscreens are hormonal disruptors. Aww. It's a myth. Oxybenzone being the biggest culprit, but even for it to cause damage, it would you it would need to be used for two hundred and seventy seven years. I don't know any 278-year-olds to ask, so... Me neither. None that have been using that type of sunscreen. <laughs> right. So, those are my myths. There are some photosensitizing ingredients. However, photosensitizing ingredient meaning uh, ingredients that you use in other skincare that makes your skin more likely to burn in the sun. So... Your AHAs, your glycolic acid, lactic acid, and mandelic acid. Also, retinoids, vitamin A, retinol, trentinoin, adapalene. If you're using any of those, definitely be on a sunscreen every single day. You guys know I love my retinols. So, if I'm going to be 
on my retinol, I'm going to be on an SPF, and if I tell you you're on a retinol, I'm putting you on an SPF too. They're BFFs. Yeah, and especially if you're going to be on those things and you're trying to fix damage that's already existing, if you don't use SPF, you're just walking yourself in a circle. Yep, you're causing more damage. For sure. So, some drugstore options. Okay, so I was reading over the notes before, and I was like, yes, thank you. Because not everybody can, like, go to a professional. Right. So I was, like, super pumped that you put that in there. Thanks. Yeah. I do want to be more open. Pocket aware. Yeah. And just, like, easy. Everyone can go to Target or Walmart or wherever you go. And I'm not going to bash drugstore options anymore like I did a couple weeks ago. Look at us growing and blossoming like beautiful flowers. So, the number one sunscreen (laughs) that I saw come up on multiple dermatologists' lists was the Alba Botanica Sensitive Fragrance-Free Mineral Sunscreen Lotion, SPF 30. So that is a mineral. We should also put these in the notes. Absolutely. That's a good idea. Ooh, or we could also place it on the Instagram and the Facebook. Yeah. We can do that for sure. Um... Another one is the Aveeno Mineral Sensitive Skin Sunscreen, and that's an SPF 50, which is great. Also, the Aveeno Calming SPF 30 is is a good one. Um, I will put all of my recommendations in the show notes, but I'll just call out a few for the sake of time. The Eucerin Daily Protection SPF 30 does have a little bit of a white cast, but it is lightweight, and it's a combo SPF, so it's good for rosacea. Combo mm. meaning it's physical and chemical. Get the best of both worlds. Get the best of both worlds. Um, Cetaphil oil control. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> uh, SPF. It helps pick up excess oil, and it's identical to the different daily moisturizer with sunscreen. So if you're going to opt for the Cetaphil oil control SPF. If the different one is cheaper, do that because they are the exact same ingredient list. Good to know. Yeah. Um, the Olay Complete SPF 30 for sensitive is great for darker skin types and it's not greasy. Oof. Good. Yeah. Um, Neutrogena Pure and Free Liquid. This one... It has a little bit more of a white cast, but it's good for oily prone skin. It's a mineral sunscreen, but it dries matte, which is nice. Also, last but not least, we love Kula. For sure. Um, and honestly, I would just check out their website and pick which one you think benef- would benefit your skin the most. But... I would endorse pretty much all of their sunscreens. All of that. That's pretty much it. What sunscreen do you use daily? I use the Red Current by Eminence. Okay. If I wear makeup, I use 
the M&M's as like my base mm-hmm. before my makeup and then I use the Kula setting spray. Do you find that the red currant is a little bit drying for your skin? No. Because it is mattifying. I do not think that it dries my skin. Okay. It's pretty good for me. Yeah. I used it for a long time too. I really like I actually still have some. I use it every once in a while. It smells so good. It does. I use PCA's Tinted Broad Spectrum SPF 45. And it is tinted, so it gives me, like, a little bit of coverage, which is nice. Mm-hmm. I love the um, the texture of it, the feel, how it goes on it. It glides on pretty nicely, and it doesn't really... It doesn't have to be rubbed in right. necessarily, which I like. With most Eminence products, like, you need just, like, a couple drops of water because they don't really have water in their products, mm-hmm. which is also a steel. Yeah. Um... So it could probably go farther, but now that I know that it should be thicker, then I probably won't use as much water. Yeah. We're learning. Yeah, we are. Alrighty. Well, that's all we have for you guys this week. Make sure to follow us on Instagram. And hugs and kisses. At skincare. (laughs) (laughs) I totally pointed to Sarah so she could say, like, our handle. And then she didn't. Sorry. (laughs) Make sure to follow us on Instagram (laughs) at Skin Podcast. On Facebook. On Facebook. At Skincare Affair Podcast. Yeah, I think it's the full word podcast. Okay, podcast. Okay, forgive me because some are pod and some are podcasts and Yeah. My brain's always so big. You can email us at skincarefairpod at gmail.com with all of your questions or notes. If you want to correct us on anything, we are open to criticism. If it's done nicely, if it's not nice, I will not respond to you. Until later. Sarah Af- might respond to you. After then. we've thought about it a little bit. Um, but we are open to constructive criticism so thank you for all of your support please make sure to subscribe rate review and make sure to wear your spf hugs and kisses see you next week bye